This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast, the podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. Welcome back to another episode of the Team Stripes Podcast. This is episode number 11, and this week we are really uh, pretty lucky to have a pretty big name in the referee community, at least in the uh, the world of uh, selling equipment and you know becoming a better official and having a great appearance. Um, his name is Eric Arrigo, and he comes to us from the windy city of Chicago. And uh, yeah, Eric's been a player and a referee, and he also runs the website called HockeyRefShop.com which I'm sure he'll talk a little bit about. But uh, for right now, I want to welcome you, Eric, to the uh, podcast. Hi, Brandon. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. And uh, I've, I've certainly am no stranger to your website. I've seen it before. And once I, I got to know who you were, I, I thought you'd be a terrific guest to have on the uh, the show. And I'm sure there's lots we can we can talk about here. But I'm wondering maybe just to, to start off, if you could give the listeners uh, listening at home maybe just a quick background on who you are and Maybe how you got introduced to the uh, world of officiating. Hi, so my name is Eric Garrigo. I'm from Chicago, Illinois, and I started officiating when I was 12 years old. I, I really didn't think about it the first few years when I was playing hockey, but then as I got older, I started paying attention to the officials, and I just saw that they got so much opportunity to just skate on the ice, which I just loved from a young age. Like I just wasn't really a great skater. I was kind of behind. I started playing hockey late, so I was a little bit behind the curve then. And I saw, hey, I can go get paid to skate on the ice. Why would I not do that? So just kind of got involved with it, started at 12, and never really looked back. Just skated tons and tons of games while I was playing all the way up through junior. Continued with that and then ended up starting my business, HockeyRefShop.com, still skating every day. So yeah. just love being on the ice. And so, would you like when you were playing? Did you kind of uh, did you ever dream that you know refereeing would be kind of the route for you, or was it always was it always you wanted to be a referee when you were kind of growing up? I it was kind of a two way. So I loved playing hockey. My goal with it was never really to make it to the NHL like a lot of people. I just loved being on the ice. I played because I thought it was fun. I enjoy the game. Um, like I said, I kind of started a little bit late. So I was always kind of in that catch-up mode more so than like being out there, being a dominant player, thinking, hey, I'm going to make it to the NHL. I'm going to go play D1 or whatever like that. I just like being out there. I enjoy the game. Didn't really see a big future in playing it at a higher level. But as I kind of got more and more involved in officiating, I saw how many opportunities that there are for people like myself that Maybe you're not going to make it to the NHL as a player, but there are really big opportunities to make it even into professional college hockey, international hockey, all kinds of stuff like that. So there's just so many more opportunities in officiating. Yeah. And then obviously you have your business now. And I mean, could you maybe tell the listeners how you had the idea to create this? And I know you have some pretty cool products that you've also um, created. So yeah, maybe could you just kind of give a bit of background into that as well? Yeah, so basically I started HockeyRefShop.com after I came up with the idea for the reversible referee sweater. Uh, I was in a ref room 
sitting in there. There were two four-man games in a row. It was a little broom closet ref room in Park Ridge, Illinois. And there were eight e-bags in there, the big mother load, 29-inch bags. And there's no space to get dressed in this little room. And I just thought, there's got to be some way to save some space in these bags. I looked at my bag. I had four different sweaters in there, referee, linesman, nameplate, no nameplate. I saw this, and I it, the idea just kind of came to me. I started running the idea past my partners, and they, they all thought it was a good idea. They said, hey, you should really run with this. Started that up, got that made, and then I needed a place to sell it. I didn't really have any connections. I didn't think putting it on eBay or anything like that would be a good option. So I thought, hey, why not try and make my own website? Just came up with the name Hockey Ref Shop. Made sense to me threw that up there and then kind of as time went on people started asking me for other products too and I just really expanded it from there just from having the reversible eventually then my second product I came out with the uh, crest velcro which was another big hit so basically it's a uh, five by six inch piece of velcro with a strong adhesive on the back so you can just trace out your crest and cut it rather than having to go take it to a tailor to sew the velcro onto it yeah I mean kind of just the other thing was, I also noticed that when I was playing every single year, the gear is changing, it's getting better, people are tweaking this, making it lighter, doing this, doing that, and I'm like, I've been refing for eight years, and since I started, the gear has been exactly the same, so I, I just didn't think there was being enough attention put yeah. towards officials as well, it was just kind of like an overlooked aspect of equipment. Yeah. And like, I think it's such a good idea too, because, and I'm sure you, you were sort of the same way. I mean, when I was growing up playing, you would always go to the local store and, you know, you could find, you know, a bunch of different shin pads, a bunch of different helmets. But once I switched to the referee side, um, <laughs> when I went to, I, I can remember going to my, the first store in my community and there was almost nothing for referees and you have to really kind of look around, especially for these little local, you know, small cities to find referee equipment. So to have that online option, I think, makes a lot of sense for, for a lot of people just because maybe there isn't that sales emphasis for a lot of local stores, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of stores are hesitant to really stock like all the products, all the different sizes, because there just really isn't that much volume. And I think people just don't really know about it that much either in the stores. Like they're not really that informed about the equipment. So eventually I would like to have more stuff in stores as well so people could try it on in person and stuff like that. And I, I think officiating should grow overall just to have more and more hockey people getting into it as well. But yeah, I mean, it just refereeing is kind of a tight knit community. And I think a lot of the big players in the equipment game for hockey, they just kind of, it's just on, a, on the back burner. They don't really pay too much attention to it. So I just thought there was a really big opportunity to help out other officials by giving them better gear. Yeah, and I think even on top of that, and, you know, we, we were kind of talking about this earlier about, um, you know, how, you know, the importance of having a, a professional appearance on the ice and the difference that can make. And I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, there's that old saying, you know, look good, feel good, play good, but I guess in this case, ref good. Um, I'm wondering, you know, what's your take on, on that? And, you know, can you see that professional appearance really making a big difference for, for referees? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and it's not just the equipment. I mean, the equipment is one part of that, but it, it comes down to your skating, your presence, uh, your attentiveness on the ice, just basically how you are out there. But if, if you skate onto the ice 
you come out there, you're not looking great. Your shin pads are hanging out. You have your tendon guards out beside your pants. Your jersey's halfway unzipped. Your chin strap's undone. You go out there looking like a clown. The coach, first thing, of course, they already have something in their head saying, hey, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. If you come out there looking professional, presentable, you have a clean equipment, everything looks good, everything's in order, it looks like you have your act together and you know what you're doing out there. And they're really, it's going to give you that, just going to give you a bit of an edge. A big thing with officiating is just appearance in general. It's a very black, it's not very black and white. There's a lot of gray area. So the better you can look, confident out there look like you know what you're doing be confident feel good about yourself and your calls while you're on the ice that's really going to make a big impact on your game for sure yeah i mean to me it's like you're saying if you have your shin pad hanging out or you know maybe you have those uh kind of the ratty laces that have you know lost their white color or whatever i mean these little things that you know like you're saying coaches will notice that and players will notice that and I think maybe it's similar to even, you know, you look at maybe like a police officer or somebody in the military and, you know, they're, they're, they're always well-dressed and always very, per, you know, professional looking. And I think for a referee, it might be sort of similar where, you know, you have that expectation that they're there as a professional, they're, they're, they're there to work. And, you know, if they have that offsetting appearance, it, it can really, you know, say, oh, here we go. Maybe this guy just doesn't care. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's odd because... Maybe it's, you know, not a referee's first job to look professional, but it does play a big role. Exactly. I mean, some people, they can definitely overlook it and say, hey, well, if I'm out there making the best calls that I can, which, you know what, you're 100% right. But the thing is, it, it's not a fair game out there. We all know it as referees. Teams, they want to win games. They're competitive. So they're looking for any edge they can. And if they sense weakness out of you, they're going to jump all over it, especially at the higher level. So you want to go out there and show them that you respect yourself. You take care of your equipment. You make sure that everything is looking good. You're out there and you mean business. Looking good, obviously, plays a big part in that. And do you find you that you've had like referees come to you and say, hey, what's what's the newest style for referees? What what looks professional? I mean, what are the what are the pro guys using? I mean, do you get that kind of feedback in your role as, as you know, running this online store? Yeah, definitely. All the t- I mainly get the question regarding pants because the uh, NHL refs, they all wear, they're all branded with CCM, but a lot of them are actually wearing Stevens pants underneath that. Yeah, that's one of the biggest questions I get is what are the pros wearing? Because if they're looking good up there, they want to know what to look like in their own games too. And it's funny like because for the leagues that I work and I, <laughs> it's the same thing that I've done. I, I have Stevens pants and like some of the leagues I work don't let you really have that or they want to make you wear the CCM. So uh, I know myself and a few other referees have, you know, basically taken the CCM patch off our old jerseys and basically just sewn it on to the back of the pants. Exactly. No, yeah. Nobody's any, I mean, most players or coaches won't even know the difference. I mean, nobody, I don't think most people pay attention to the referee, you know, gear if you're not a referee. So I think that's exactly. something we can get away with. But Yeah, it's more of just like an overall, you look at, it's just the second test. You look at someone and say, hey, they look like they know what they're doing from yeah. a coach or player standpoint. I don't think they're going to look into it that much. So I wanted to touch on a theme that I know that we've, again, we're kind of talking about. And I think as a referee, you're, you naturally want to kind of help out your fellow referees. And it's, it is a tight-knit community, as, as we both know. Um, but one thing I know that you've talked to me about um, is, you know, how, how do we get more referees involved? And one thing that I've, I've seen and that I'm sure you've seen as well is, you know, 
is kind of the push to get former players involved in refereeing. And for me, I, I was a former junior player that wanted to get into officiating. And I think they're, they're, you know, maybe a lot of players are sort of apprehensive about that. I mean, could you maybe give a little uh, feedback on why you think that's important and maybe uh, your perspective on that? I think that in officiating, there's a lot of different levels of hockey. And for playing, there's also a lot of levels of hockey. But what makes sense to me is that players who are playing at a high level they they should just look at officiating as an option. They should say, hey, maybe I should seriously consider this because, for one, even if you're still playing, like I, I refereed through my whole three-year junior career. I was skating. I wasn't able to ref as much as I would like to because I was obviously busy with that, but I still was getting on the ice, and I did it before that as well. But it's really flexible. It's going to give you flexibility to obviously get on the ice. You're getting extra ice time. Not only that, it's teaching you skills on how to manage people, how to skate better. You read the play better. You can watch things develop. You kind of you just learn the game a lot better. So, as a player, becoming an official, I mean, it's not going to hurt you in any way. It's only going to help your game, and it just there's a lot that officiating can offer to players. No, I I'm I'm behind you 110 percent in that. And so so correct me if I'm wrong, but you were you were sort of I guess pursuing refereeing and playing around the same time, right? Like you were pretty involved with both. Exactly. Yeah, which was pretty rare. There, I I don't really know anyone in my area or like pretty much near me that was kind of doing the same thing that I was. As far as that, where I was kind of like already in the uh, circles for refereeing, skating those games when I was younger too. And then I got into playing juniors actually after that. So I kind of got involved with it young because I just, like I said earlier, I just really got into refing immediately. Once I started it, I just loved it. I just loved being on the ice and skating. So See, that's like a little different to me because I, like a lot of referees that I know, if they played at, at all, I mean, a lot of refs probably haven't played, but if they did, it was, you know, they got into refereeing after they finished playing. And exactly, it's, yeah. It's curious, like, was there things when you were, when you kind of were doing both at the same time or, you know, refereeing after, you know, like, were there takeaways that you could use as a player? Like, oh, 100%. Like, what did you, what skills could you well, bring to Well, that's playing? actually why I got into it so much. I mean, I just, like I, I said earlier, I started playing hockey a little bit late, so I was a little bit behind the development curve of, other players around the levels that I wanted to be playing at. So when I was out there, I was a little bit behind. So I'd always be putting in extra hours shooting pucks. I'd be stick handling. I'd be doing this, going to training, doing things to get my game ahead. And I saw officiating is just a big opportunity. You're getting paid to go on the ice and work on your skating and skate and watch hockey, learn about the game. It's just there's so much that you can bring back to playing. Well, if you're doing both at the same time, it just – it's so flexible too. It just to me, it was a no-brainer. I just find it's interesting because, like, I know for a lot of referees that are former players, like they say, "Oh, you know, the uh, you know, as a referee now, you have a really good feel for the game. Uh, you can understand the emotions of the players." But, I mean, what skills can you take? I mean, as a player, do you just have a better feel for what you can and can't get away with? I mean, do you have a better, uh, you know, I like. I'm just kind of curious if you have certain takeaways that you had playing the game you know yeah yeah I see what you're I wish I could say that uh I knew what I couldn't couldn't get away with because I ended up getting (laughs) quite a few penalty minutes in my career but um yeah there are it's you learn a lot of leadership skills as an official you know how to 
when you're on your own team, it makes you a better teammate. You're going to have a better rapport with the on-ice officials in your games as well because you can talk to them. You kind of understand what they're going through as well. You know, hey, this guy isn't trying to miss calls if you feel that they're missing calls. you got to just kind of communicate what you guys are feeling as players too, and you're going to have that much better of a leg to stand on if you're an official going over there just saying, hey, I've got this situation going on. What are you seeing here? So I could talk to my team if your team's getting penalized a lot you know the game better, you're going to be able to manage your emotions better when you're out there and see, hey, I see what's going on in this game. I'm going to be able to react in a different way and be smarter about it because I know what the officials are going to expect of me as a player. So, yeah, I I really do think it can make you a lot smarter of a hockey player too. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point when you, like, mention leadership and stuff because, like, I remember when I was playing, I mean, I I don't think – and you can maybe correct me if I'm wrong and kind of how you approach the game. But for me, when I play, like, I guess knowledge of the rules or understanding how the referees call a game wasn't really something that we talked about as a team or coaches would really address with us. But I think you have, if you have that appreciation for what the refs are seeing, you know, how they're calling a game, how the rules sort of play out, I think it can really, it can be a great asset to a team to, to, to really kind of bring their game to the next level. But it's really something that's not addressed a whole lot, I don't find, at least. Yeah, definitely. And I'd even, like, as I was playing, I would have teammates, I'd have coaches, they'd be asking me, hey, this ref just made this call, is that the right rule? And I'd be like, yeah, you know what, it, maybe it doesn't make sense to you, but that is what the rule is. So yeah, they're right. And a lot of times, I mean, I'm sure everyone's gotten into this argument where you're arguing with a coach who just straight up, they just don't know what the rule is. Exactly. So... Yeah, I mean, I a lot, it just it's not going to hurt anything. It, there's a lot of benefits to having both angles to a story in any situation. Yeah, and I think I, I like as you progress through the levels and see higher levels of hockey. I guess you know the coaches take a lot more care in their job, and they can really, um, you know, I think the the knowledge of the rules can be a lot stronger. But you're right, especially at the lower levels, the coach might not have that you know, three hours to read through the entire rule book. I mean, they just kind of are going off their experience. And um, I think, especially in my career for refereeing, I've, I've seen firsthand that, you know, sometimes we can get away with, with certain, with not knowing some rules sometimes because the coaches or players don't know the rule as well. As a coach, if you're a, if you're a coach listening to this or a player, I mean, it's really important to know those rules because sometimes you're going to run into a referee that just forgets the rule or doesn't know the rule. And if you have that to bring up to them, I think you're, you're making your team that much more competitive or, you know, that it's, it's a much better case, I suppose. Exactly. I mean, knowing the rules is an official that's, that should be your number one priority above all else. That's your job. When you sign up to be a ref, you should read the rule book front to back a few times just to really get a good feel for it because when you put on the striped shirt, you're the expert out there. So yeah. I think first and foremost, that's you should be knowing the rules when you're on the ice in whatever league. But sometimes it can get confusing. You're skating a few different leagues, college, high school, USA Hockey, Hockey Canada. There's little nuances that are different between the different leagues. So sometimes like a little reminder obviously isn't going to hurt. And that's where also relying on your teammates with your crew as well is going to help you to make sure you're getting the call right. Yeah, no, and I hear you 100%, and I can think of certain rules. I mean, just going from, uh, you know, pro to Hockey Canada to university hockey, there's, there's these little 
you know, not even big rule differences. Sometimes they're just really subtle that you can, if you don't know it in that split second, you can kind of get yourself in trouble, I guess. And like, I don't know how many different leagues that you've worked, you know, and had to jump between rule books, but it can be kind of a headache, I guess, sometimes, right? Yeah, I mean, I haven't experienced it too much, mainly between going between college rules and youth hockey rules for me, which sometimes they can be a little confusing with the uh, like four on four situations, little stuff like penalty and a goal, you'd still a penalty, stuff like that. It's just little stuff, but even a faceoff location at a higher level game can make a big impact on the outcome of a game. And that's, I mean, almost another aspect that I think where if you played the game and you have a good understanding of it as an official, you're going to realize that, Hey, this has a big impact on the game. So I really want to make sure I'm making the proper call on this. And I wanted to jump back a little bit to something that you touched on. And I think it's really important for, you know, any referee is, is kind of, you know, life skills and the one that stuck out to me that you mentioned was leadership. Um, and I'm wondering maybe if you could talk about, you know, the life skills that you were able to take away as a referee. Um, I mean, certainly you're in business now. Have you been able to apply, you know, leadership skills to that? What other, what other takeaways have you been able to, to I guess, uh, get from refereeing? Well, definitely, because you know what, refereeing, maybe some people, they're there to make it to the highest level. Maybe some people just want to do lower-level games. So you're out there, you're skating a mic game. You're not just a ref out there to call penalties. You're out there, you're helping the kids out, you're teaching them about the game, you're teaching them about offsides, icing. They don't know these little rules. So if you take that extra second, you explain it to the players, you're teaching them. That's working on your leadership skills and also communication, which is, I would say, one of the most important aspects of officiating and just life in general is being a good communicator. And with officiating, you're going to deal with people that have every emotion in the book from mad to happy to best moment of their life to everything. So you're seeing all different kinds of situations and you have to learn how to manage that all kinds of things. So there, there's just a lot of takeaways of things you can learn from officiating. Not only that, what you get for yourself, but there's a great brotherhood in officiating as well. So you have your teammates to lean on. There's all those people. You've got your crew on the ice, supervisors, everyone is out to bat for each other. So it's just you're joining a big team when you become an official. Yeah. And there's just a lot you can take from it. And there's a lot that you can give to it as well. So it's kind of just it's a, just a great thing. Yeah. And when you talk about emotions, I mean, when you were just starting out, were you somebody that was naturally pretty resilient to, you know, the angry coach or the angry player? Or was it something that took you a few years to, to really get better at it? And is it something that you still work on and improve today? Well, it's 100% something that you always have to continue working at because it's just something that you're going to manage and you're always going to be able to do a little bit better to improve your game. So mm-hmm. that's a super important skill. I think in the beginning, like when I would get yelled at, I didn't, it didn't break me. The, resilience is very important to being an official because people are just going to yell. They're mad at their team. They're mad. They're losing. They're mad at whatever you're wearing the striped shirt. They just think, Hey, it's okay to yell at you. So you can't take it personally all the time. You just have to go out there do the best that you can do. If they're being a jerk for whatever reason, you just have to manage it properly. But yeah, that's something that to this day, every, every game I go out there, I think, how can I manage the situation better to uh, keep the game? Yeah. And I mean, I think this is an issue that's kind of pretty dear to a lot of hearts for, for referees out there because, and I don't know the numbers for, for, for USA hockey, 
But I know for Hockey Canada, I mean, we lose um, at least 10,000 officials each year um, that don't come back for a second. And I don't know if they've ever done like a breakdown of what that re- what those reasons are. But I mean, I see that it's just a lot of officials that are especially starting out really struggle with like all these confrontations and all the emotions like you were saying. And maybe some of them just, you know, it might they might not have that resiliency. But I'm wondering if maybe you could give your take on it and, you know, how you think we can improve that as, as referees and as referee associations. Yeah, well, I think 100% that there is an issue with poor sportsmanship in the game right now and just lack of respect in general. And a big part of that, I mean, not only should the referee be resilient, but there's also a burden that falls on the coaches and the players to have some sportsmanship in the game too because hockey is a game that's about learning, about not just playing and playing to win. It's supposed to make you a better person as well. So when you're out there, you can't tolerate them if they're acting like that. Like I look at sometimes you see, and you've been there before, I've been there before, where you see these crazy parents or these crazy coaches that, it's it's winning is 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 their is their primary objective right like that's all they care about exactly and when you're talking about building a better person sometimes it's frustrating as a referee because you know there's only so much you can manage and you can't control how some of these these guys and, and girls are acting right exactly you know you you can only react to what you're given so you yeah. can't go out there and expect that oh i can stop whatever is going to happen before it's going to happen you're not you're not magic man out there. So you just have to kind of as much as we wish we could be. Yeah. We wish we could, but you have to, it's a reactionary job. Obviously like when you talk to a coach before the game, that can help to set some expectations on communication throughout the game. So if they have a question, if you set that standard before the game saying, Hey, if you have a question, politely call, politely call me over. And most of the time I'm going to be able to come right over. I'll explain it to you and tell you what I have as long as you're respectful with me in it. I think a lot of times just laying that groundwork before the game in every situation, whether you're dealing with a nice coach, mean coach, whatever kind of coach, if you lay that down before the game, then you're going to save yourself a lot of headache because they already know that you said, hey, if you're being respectful with me, I'll be respectful back to you. So that, but the parents, that's a whole nother issue that (laughs) they, they can clearly get out of control. So I do see why some people walk away from officiating but i think that if you can keep going through it it will just make you a stronger person and if you can get through all that and just know hey i did the best job that i could do that day it's not easy for anyone to go out there you're not going to make every call right you just have to make a decision quickly do the best that you can and just continue on and that's the most important thing is just you got to keep it moving keep going along and you can't dwell on mistakes because they're going to happen. It's a fast game. You're not going to have the perfect sight line all the time. Yeah. You got to see what you can see with the information that you're given. So, and that's interesting. Like, I mean, when you had those, those, I mean, we've been there. I mean, we've all had those, those games that you just, you can't call anything right. Or, you know, everybody's losing. Like, how do you, after that game, how do you sort of have that short-term memory? I mean, was there certain things that you did to kind of, decompress after those types of games i think a big part of it is just you can't be too proud all the time so if you make a mistake and you know you made a mistake you made the wrong call there's nothing wrong with you going up to the coach or the player or whatever and saying hey i messed up that was a bad call i'm gonna do my best to continue on 
I don't yeah. personally believe in makeup calls or anything like that because I think that's just a slippery slope. So yeah, I think your best bet if you make a mistake is just, hey, own up to it, admit it, and just say, I'm going to do the best I can from here on out. But sometimes in a game, you make one bad call, then you get a little rattled about it, then you make another one, and then it just kind of – it. sometimes in that second, you just need to take a moment and just realize, like, take a little extra time before that next face-off, calm down a bit, just take a few deep breaths, yeah. and then just redial back in because you just have to focus back up it's not if you can call one good game you could call a bunch of good games so you just got to try your best it's hard yeah and it's funny you talk about taking that second and and uh, in a game to whatever to catch your breath or to to take that deep breath and i don't know if you've heard of something similar but i've heard of referees here in canada at least that they'll they'll have uh you know they'll have like a marker or something in a game where each time they look at the the canadian flag or the american flag that's sort of the reset so if they know they made that bad call, they'll look for that, that flag or whatever. They'll take that second, and that's sort of their, their reminder to kind of settle down. I don't know if you, you've ever heard of something similar or a weird tip or trick like that, but that's kind of one thing that I've heard of, of here. No, I haven't, but I'm actually going to start thinking about that. That's a good tip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of those mental mental reminders, I guess. But Yeah, um, exactly. And so now, much I, of officiating is mental. It just It's all about focus and... It's a hard job. It's mentally and physically demanding. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with you. And, like, that's one thing. When I when I was a player, thinking about jumping onto the referee uh, bandwagon and, and, you know, donning the stripes, I guess, that was something that I didn't really expect was sort of the mental challenge of it. And to me, I find it's way mentally, way more mentally challenging as a referee than it ever was as a player for me. I don't know if that's similar. I, to I agree as well, with you too. Which which is odd, I think. But when you when you really think about it, it, it makes sense. And all the the judgment calls you have to make, and all the confrontations you have to you know concern yourself with. That you know exactly. Yeah, you really have to take a step back when you're an official and kind of see the bigger picture with it. Because as a player, you're just thinking about playing and trying to win a game. So there's, I feel like, as a player, you can get really emotionally wrapped up in it. As a referee, you really need to be thinking logically all the time and just understand the game, what's going on, just what you need out of the players. And I don't know if that's part of it's because, you know, like as a player, you can either win or lose a game, whereas a referee, it's, I don't know if you can ever exactly. really win or lose a game or how you, you know, sometimes. Exactly. That's, that's the thing. Because as a player, you're playing to win. As a referee, you're just out there trying to do the best job that you can. So. Yeah. I guess it's kind of uh, to each his own perspective, I guess. I wanted to jump uh, to another thing here, and I know you're from Chicago, and I and I have absolutely no idea about the hockey culture in Chicago, but, I mean, could you maybe talk about, you know, your experience, uh, you know, uh, I guess playing and refereeing there, and, and you know, what, are officials pretty well respected there? Is there a learning curve for a lot of parents and coaches? I mean, what's your general takeaway from the culture in, in Chicago? I think that in Chicago, there's really a great officiating community and we just have a lot of hockey from all different types of levels. So I think here there's a lot of opportunity for officials, for players. It's uh, it's a pretty good hockey community overall. Do I believe that there are some things with sportsmanship that need some work? Yes. I don't think that's just here. I think that's a nation and probably worldwide problem at this point, but I think that Chicago is a great place. The uh, local association, they've given me so many opportunities across the years. If you go in, you put in the work, you try and learn the rules, you do the best that you can. 
And uh, from a young age, they uh, had given me a lot of opportunity, and I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, because I mean, what, what level of hockey would you guys you guys would have? Obviously, uh, the NHL level. Obviously, you have the Blackhawks. I'm assuming you guys have some AHL teams in the area, some NCAA. I mean, is there a lot of really good outlets if you want to become a referee in the Chicago area to sort of progress? Oh, yeah. Well, definitely because we're right in the middle of the Midwest, too. So mm-hmm. what we don't have directly here, which we have NHL, AHL, um, Division Three NCAA. We don't have any ECHL or uh, D1 NCAA really close right now. But just over in Indiana, we've got Notre Dame. So that's not too far for NCAA D1. And then pretty much every level below that at the junior and high school level. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of opportunities there. And then, like I said, within driving distance, you can get to pretty much anything. So Right. And you were saying the associations are really helpful. I mean, do you guys do have these referees that are working these levels that that really try and help out and give back to the referee community? We have, um, when I was younger, there were quite a few guys that were involved. We have something called the general development program and advanced development program. So the general is basically once or twice a month, the association will either have a classroom or a power skating session. And we'll get a lot of the guys who are working like American league level. will be out there and helping out at that type of stuff. And then we also have the advanced development program, which will have both those guys and then grassroots guys out there and helping you to advance in your own area. So like Mm -hmm. normally you're only supposed to work games for people below your age. And for me, they, they gave me the opportunity at, I think I was 14 to start working like high school aged hockey, which was a really big step towards eventually going on to working junior hockey too at a young age. So it just, if you're willing to put in the work and you're trying your best, there's definitely opportunity out here. And I think this, you know, the whole idea of giving back is a great, you know, topic. And I know it's something that you've talked with me about um, that you kind of take a big focus on. I mean, um, and certainly even just at your company, you know, providing equipment to referees is doing a really good service to give back. I mean, um, how do you sort of see the role of giving back as an official? And like, what are your what are your goals? I mean, to give back, I guess. Hockey is a lot broader of a game than a lot of people see it as where most people, they think about it, they say, oh, I'm trying to make it to the top, where I recently I worked the USA Hockey Disabled Festival, and that was probably one of the most touching experiences I've had in officiating, where I was working blind hockey, sled hockey, disabled hockey, wounded warrior hockey, and it just, there's people out there that aren't as fortunate as a lot of us are that are out there enjoying the game and there's just so many opportunities to give back to that and to give back to fellow officials and just teach the younger next generation as they're coming up just there's just so much good you can do with officiating so yeah yeah, i I mean it's 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 certainly something we have to kind of remind ourselves to whether it's giving up a weekend to go help out like i really commend you for for helping out with these initiatives i mean that sounds terrific and i think for referees listening out there it's making that effort to to take a weekend out of your schedule to go help out a worthy cause or, you know, whoever you, exactly. you know. Yeah. Just... And it's like some people, they ask me, Oh, how's the money? How's this? And it's like, you know what? A lot of people think, Oh, refs are just out there. They're doing it for the money. I don't know one guy who skates every day who they're just out there for the money. If that's all you're out there for, you're not going to last very long. Cause it's a hard job. So yeah. Events like that disabled festival, they really put things into perspective on how lucky we all are. And 
there was actually a moment in one of those games that really touched me where one of the players, it was special hockey. And one of the players, like he, he really wanted to drop the puck. Like that, that was all he had been asking me the whole game. (laughs) No, he asked me for the whistle. Like he wanted me to go play defense and he wanted to be the Uh ref for a little bit. And I said, you know, I can't let you ref the game, but you could drop this puck. And he dropped the face off and the kid just had a smile on his face the whole rest of the day. It's just stuff like that that it just really puts the big picture into perspective. Yeah, and even a, a simple gesture like that, I'm sure that's something that kid will remember for years and years. And, you know, it's like you say, it, it really does put things in perspective. So, yeah, I mean, at angle. And then also, like, if you're an experienced official and you're working with a brand new ref, you shouldn't be like, oh, why am I working with this new guy? You should be out there trying to help them be the best that they can be. Yeah. So it's just giving back, giving little tips, helping out, being a community and just letting the other officials know, hey, you can lean on me too if you have a question or you need help with anything. No, I think that's, that's great advice. And I think we're coming uh, towards the, uh, uh, the upper limits of our time here. But I'm wondering if you could maybe just wrap up by talking about um, maybe first about, you know, maybe what your company will be doing next and, what, you know, maybe your next steps for you as well as some general words of wisdom and advice for, for referees out there that are listening? Yeah, so uh, to start off, right now my number one focus is I just found out I was invited to the USA Hockey Western Futures Camp, so I'm getting ready for that. It's coming up, I think, yeah, just under a month from now. So I've got to head out to Colorado Springs for that camp, and I'm really focused on getting prepared for that physically and uh, re-going over all the rules. So first and foremost, that's my focus right now. As for my business, I'm just looking for good products that are going to help officials. So I'm obviously working on making sure that my referee sweaters and the products that I make, just taking people's feedback into account and kind of tweaking the design as I go. Also, just seeing what kind of feedback people have overall and what kind of products they would like to see in the market and just trying to help new refs because that's... uh, Besides the reversible, I would say that's my number. Not, I, I'm not even going to call it a number two. It's also, it's like side by side with the reversible is uh, helping new officials to get into the game at an affordable price. So like my beginner kits, that's my biggest focus, I would say, is just making sure that I can teach people about that. Because I remember when I started, I, I had no idea what kind of equipment I need to become a ref i didn't know if you wear shin pads elbow pads what kind of helmet do i need what is this right so especially being younger too so i think just educating things like that for my beginner kits is probably my biggest focus with hockey ref shop a few tips and tricks don't give up because there's going to be some days that are hard that are really hard and you're going to say why do i do this every day but you know what, at the end of the day, it's worth it. You get back out there, skate some more games. You're going to have a nice, good game. Everything's going to go well. Players are going to be out there having fun. It's going to be good hockey. And then you're going to say, you know what, this is great. I know I am out here. And if you can get that feeling, then that's why you should be a referee. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you 100% on that. <laughs> I don't think you can go wrong with uh, with that advice. Anyways, uh, Eric, I wanted to thank you uh, for taking uh, time to speak with us and to the listeners and to share your experience and what you're doing and your take on the game. Um, I think that's that's really good information for those that are listening out there. And even, I guess, uh, thanks for talking about maybe the culture in Chicago. As I said, that's something that that was new to me. So um, I just want to thank you again for taking uh, the time to help out. 
And uh, just for those that are out there, I mean, where can uh, the listeners find your shop? Yeah, so our website's HockeyRefShop.com. And we also have a Facebook page, Hockey Ref Shop. And then on Instagram, we're at Hockey Ref Shop. So pretty simple. Perfect. And we'll be posting those links for the listeners out there if you want to check it out. So, um, yeah, Erica, thanks again for your help. And, um, yeah, thanks. And have, a, have, a, have yourself a great day. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show.